Thanks for checking out the Community Recap Podcast, where there's no cap and all truth. As we discuss various aspects of the Christian life and look back to our past Sunday sermons to discuss what we can learn from them. Let's tune into this week's episode of the Community Recap Podcast. Hey, welcome into Community Recap. Um, I am excited about this conversation, uh, not only because um, it is one of the last people to do this, um, but secondly, because he's a good friend of mine. Oh, I appreciate and that, And there's man. Cody T's in the house. I am back. He's back. Uh, we're going to continue the segment of Meet the Staff. And Cody T, you qualify. Do I? You made the team. For the first time, I finally qualify for something. First time in your life. It feels great. It feels great. I just want you to know that you are part of the team, and we're, we're, we're glad you're here. Thanks hey, for joining us. Every team needs a bench warmer and a water boy. You, you got to have I'm it. And I'm glad I could fulfill that role. You got to have it. So I, was a, I did a lot of that in high school. Hey, I mean, if I did sports in high school, I probably would have too. <laughs> a lot of... Lot of uh, a lot of times I'd have the warmest seat on uh, on the bench. Hey, so that's a that's a prize to behold right there. It's a hard t- task. Yeah, second hesitations four thirteen that's tells right. us that a warm seat on the basketball bench mm. is the place to be. Leads to a prosperous adult life. Yeah, it's right next to um, yep, whatever that other, other one. I can do all things through a verse taken out of context. That's what <laughs> yeah, I was thinking of. Philippians four thirteen. Um, so let's let's get to know Cody Thomas. Um, I, I think uh, I'm, I'm trying to get to know him. Honestly, there you go. We're still figuring your life still, out. It's yeah. an everyday process. Um, you're just you know twenty what six five twenty five years as young of this year. Gosh, I remember when I was twenty five. Yeah, like two weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> but um, obviously, you've been around you know CBC for for a while. But yeah, um, I love doing these just for people to know. Hey, there's probably things you don't know about our staff that um, are very not only important but just interesting. And yeah. so uh, I've had a I've had a good time doing this. So let's let's go ahead and start just with um, where are you from, born and raised, um, that whole fun thing. Yeah, well, all that information is redacted for personal reasons and <laughs> yeah, exactly, private reasons. Exactly. So, um, actually, a black ops agent. So, no, I'm just kidding. Wow. I know. No, the closest. Dude, what, if thing. you were though, if I was though, but if you were though, that would be crazy. It'd be crazy. Anyway, I mean, the closest I've gotten to that is playing black ops on Xbox. But <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, <laughs> that's closest I'll ever get. No, but I was born and raised in Tulsa, Oklahoma. So, Oki from the from the start of it. So, yeah. never lived outside of Oklahoma. Visited outside of Oklahoma several times. Been fortunate for that. Um, born and raised in Tulsa, grew up in the later half of my younger years in Broken Arrow. Went graduated from BA High School in 2015, um, but. So general story, I guess the best place to start is from the beginning. So my mom and I were have been together. Obviously, she gave birth to me, so that makes sense, right? Well, like we'd have to. I was gonna ask. Yeah, she did. You pointed that out. I know, I know. But whenever I was two years old, my biological father abandoned me and my mom, and so just story as I know it, ran off with another woman, left us behind. Haven't heard from him since. Has never had made an attempt to reach out to me or anything like that. So if you're listening to this podcast, uh, bio dad, you. You can reach oh, out what? to me sometime. I'm just kidding. You never know. Just though. kidding. But fortunately, whenever I was four years old, the man I now know is my dad. Married my mom, adopted me into his family. 
Um, so instantly gained two siblings out of that, an older brother and older sister, and then later on had two more younger siblings, so in the middle of five kids. I've uh, got younger sister and younger brother as well. Richard, Rachel, Emily, and Jeremy, love them all. Very, very much mm. thankful for the family we have. Uh, super close-knit family. We're all in the Broken Arrow, Tulsa area where we, we live and do things together all the time. Um, went to Tulsa Public Schools, went to Bryant Elementary, which is no longer a thing, I think. I, think it's, I don't think I've ever heard of that. No, it's one of the elementary schools there in the Tulsa Public System, and I think they changed it to a different school. It's over kind of by the Mohawk Park area, by the Tulsa Zoo and things like oh, that. Okay. Uh, so on did that you, side of Tulsa. You, was, your, um, was your house where you grew up over there? We weren't on that. We were pretty close in that area. And so I don't remember a super specific location. Okay. Um, but we were pretty close over there. Grew up in the Tulsa Tulsa side of things, which looking back on it now, I'm like, man, I'm, I'm glad we got out of there because it's Dude. not the best side of That's Tulsa not, anymore. Yeah, yeah. Um, looking at it now. So, but we were, yeah, and it was super shady. We had these neighbors and I guess they were breeding pit bulls or something like that and would have like anywhere from six to 10 in their backyard at a time. Oh, and you got goodness. these kids running around in the backyard and my dad would always just have the gun ready in case something <laughs> were, to, were to go wrong. But the humble beginnings, man. That's right. And we so, all start somewhere yeah i went to Bryan elementary and then the summer before i started junior high we moved over to broken arrow um and so attended centennial middle school there in ba went to north intermediate which is also no longer a thing so i guess that's just huh. a, a thing i got going is schools i had to just good at shutting schools down. yeah hey once once the the greatness that is cody <laughs> thomas leaves what else are you going to amount to yeah. um went to centennial middle school um went to North Intermediate, then to the high school and graduated in 2015. And so during time in high school, was in the marching band with Broken Arrow, so the grandest band in all the land, the pride of Broken Arrow. true, actually. And so they actually just swept St. Louis again, which was a contest we swept all the time when I was Mm -hmm. in high school. Uh, Grand National Champions my freshman year, placed second sophomore year, and then senior year as well. Through that, got to march in the Rose Parade, which was a pretty awesome experience. And so... Yeah, the the only awesome, not awesome part was the charter bus ride there and back because that was insane. It became one bus was basically like the quarantine bus for kids getting sick, and so oh we got to have goodness. a plague area over here, <laughs> a leopard colony bus yeah, going. Right. And so yeah, but that was that's pretty much it from birth to yeah. graduating high school, and then went to Tulsa Community College for a couple of years, transferred over to Roger State University, graduated with a degree in communications in 2020. That's awesome. And then so, growing up, mm-hmm. having that many siblings is that something that you you liked? Is that something you didn't? Because like me, I I just had a, f- a sister, mm-hmm. and we're basically the same age, and so we went through every, really every part of life together. Like mm-hmm. it wasn't a, you know, two three year gap to where I'm doing something and then she goes through it, or you know what I mean? Yeah. Which I'm sure you've experienced, but did you like having that many siblings? Well, I mean, or? you always have built-in people to do things with, and so uh, yeah, true. Yeah, but the hard thing with that is also trying to find your own space. Yeah, uh, so okay. you always have people to hang out with and to do things with, but trying to find your own zone to do that in the house is hard. But once you get older and you can drive, you can do that a little bit, a little bit easier. Yeah. Um, but the age gaps are a little interesting. So my older, oldest brother, he's 10 years older than my older sister, and she's about a year or so older than I am. So he's always been older than us. So whenever we started getting older, he was already out of the house, things like oh, okay. that. Okay. Older sister and I, we're pretty close in age, so we've been tight for, for as long as I can remember. 
little sister just turned 21, so she's about four years younger than I am. If I'm Emily, if I'm wrong on your age, I'm I'm sorry. I, she's actually so just got engaged. Right? She did just get engaged okay, last year. And she's in nursing school right now. Will graduate next year, and they're set to get married afterwards. That's awesome. So, and then Jeremy just turned 20, I believe. So he's a year younger than Emily. So there's a little bit of gap between us there. Um, the fun part was whenever we lived in Tulsa, had my own room and sister shared room. And so me and Jeremy had our own rooms, but then when we moved to Broken Arrow, we ended up sharing a room, which trying to go through middle school and then high school with a younger (laughs) brother who's going through elementary and things like that. It was always an interesting time. And he was, he's, he's really weird. He's like really cold natured and I'm really warm natured. So the biggest argument we'd always have is, do we have the fan on at night? (laughs) And so (laughs) it led to some fun conversations there, but. Again, I always love them and love getting to have yeah. times with them. And so when you're younger, yeah, you can butt heads a little bit and you still can when you get older, but they're still some of the best friends I have. Sure. So, so correct me if I'm wrong, you you have a different dad than mm-hmm. all of them. So Rachel and Richard have the same dad as Emily and Jeremy, but a different mom. So I have the same mom as Emily and Jeremy and different dad than everybody. So. So the older two are step, and the younger two are half, if you want to get, like, specific. Yeah, that's just confusing to think about for a second there. Hey, yeah, it's, trust me, trying to get, like, break out the red yeah, string and yeah. the cork board and be like, but so I, that's why we just, yeah. we're, we're I'm siblings, sure you that's guys all don't, that matters. I right? mean, yeah, you don't no. probably see it like no, that. No, we don't treat, so. there's no difference or right. anything in that. We're all yeah. one big family, so. So I want to talk a little bit about high school. Yes. Um, the pride. Mm-hmm. Of Broken Arrow. The <laughs> That's a full-time job. Oh, yeah. we. What was that like for you? Well, during the summer, you'd have practice. So you have to actually have to try out. So a lot of this is different from a lot of high schools in the area to where you're trying to get as many people in the marching band as you can. Uh, like for Quita, for instance, if you're doing band as part of your schedule, the first half of the school year, you're in marching band. And that's just what you have for your band hour block. And then after marching band season's over, you switch over to concert band, jazz band, and things like that. And that's yeah, what I can't you really out. tell you no. No, because yeah. they need as, as much manpower right. on the field as they can get. For BA, the school's so big, and they have so many students in the concert band format of things that to limit the amount of people you can have on the field, they have to do tryouts. So every year wow. you, have to, you have to try out. And even if you made it in the past, you have to retry out because there's a potential you could miss, you lose your spot. And so going into freshman year, went through the tryout process. It's a week-long process where they teach you basic marching fundamentals and things like that. And so it's a two-fold audition process based on how well you do during your marching fundies. And then also you have a musical portion. So you'll go in and do a blind judge segment where you'll have a portion of music you have to read, do a scale. Basically, if you've been in band and you've done like all district or things like that, very similar format. And so it's you'll go into a room, there's usually a curtain, there's judges behind it. And you don't know who it is. You'll have a piece of music or a section of music you'll play, a scale you'll have to do, and then you'll have sometimes a sight reading portion. So you don't get to look at the music ahead of time. They give it to you in the room, and you have to see how well you can do it just by. That's nerve wracking. Oh yeah, sight reading was the thing I was the worst at in band. It was always really? like super nerve wracking. Hated it. Um, but so going in as an eighth grader into your freshman year, towards the end of the school year, you're like, man, I I really want to do this. I really want to try out for it and make it. But it's a super daunting task because you're not only a, a Soon to be freshmen, but you're competing against soon to be sophomores, juniors, and seniors. So you as well. can be. So even though the 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 high school is only tenth through twelfth, mm-hmm. you can still be in the pride at ninth grade. Yes. So okay. the way because BA the way it used to be was you had the two intermediate high schools, north and south, which were ninth and tenth grade basically, and the high school used to just be eleventh and twelfth grade. Right. And then my senior year, they actually shut down north bumped up the sophomores to the high school, which was a terrible decision, which is a story we can get into later if we want to. 
and then South became the freshman center. And so it's all high school. It's just different places they have it right. because the amount of students that okay. they have. Because each graduating class at BA is over a thousand students. Right. And so you have three thousand on. So they just have to spread them out like that. And so you audition whether you're a freshman to a senior. And so fortunately, I made it that that season, which was a ton of fun. Uh, marched baritone and euphonium. If you're not familiar with that, just imagine like a trumpet, but really, really big for, so for marching wait, band. So wait, so what if you're a junior and you've been in the Pride for two years? Do you still have to try out every you do, year? You still have to try out every year. But if you've been in it for two years at your going into your junior year, you're pretty much, it's a seniority kind of thing. Like you pretty okay. much know you're going to make it in at that so point. So did you, you mentioned something about freshman, sophomore, and senior. Did mm-hmm. you do it junior year? I did do it ju- junior year, but we didn't march at, um, Grand Nationals my junior year, oh, okay. which is a story we can get into in this marching band. Well, let's portion. hear it. Let's so it. you guys must have yeah. just not been that good. No, there, there's some. We're about to spill some tea. <laughs> and for our listeners who don't know what that means, that means we get into some drama. We get down to it. Yeah, because nothing's immune from drama or politics, which is insane. So freshman year, like I mentioned, we went to Grand Nationals in Indianapolis, Indiana, which is crazy because you wouldn't think about this for an NFL stadium because that's where the Colts play. But they actually designed the stadium in mind for marching band competitions. Oh, really? And so, because the way the acoustics are set up in there, it's perfect for it. And so, that's where the DCI, which is Drum Corps International, which is basically a professional marching band, they have their final competition for Worlds there every single year. Wow. And so, it's designed with that in mind. And so, that's where they have nationals, world championships for DCI and everything. So, we got we went there. We won with nine, 95.95 was our score. With Destiny Leaves You No Choice, awesome show. Loved marching it. Um, sophomore year, we go back to Indy. And so since we won nationals, we got the invite to march in the Tournament of Roses Parade, which is the Rose Parade for those who know it by its informal name. Right. And so went back. So we didn't march St. Louis that year because we were playing. We were saving money to do the Rose Parade. And we wanted to defend our title at nationals again because you got that. You go and try to get the two-peat. Because you have to, yeah. We go. We march our show. We lose by .15 points. And so, pretty devastating loss already. A lot of people on the field are like, man, we thought you guys had this. We thought this was your guys' year. We get the judging box scores back. And in every score, we're either first or second. But in one, it had us enough down that we'd lose by this point margin. And so, an investigation went out. Turns out, one of the judges, and he admits to this purposely through our score so we wouldn't win that year because he was mad at one of our directors. No way. Yeah. So, ruining like this experience for our seniors what? who was there last year. All of us who were trying to should have won. We, we, and we should have won. And he admits because he's mad at our color guard director because he stopped working with another school that he was closely tied to, so he didn't want West to oh win. Oh, my and, goodness. And even the color guard director told some of the students before the performance, like, hey, go out there and do your best, but just, Probably not just, win just know something may happen tonight. Oh, my goodness. And so, so we didn't. So it's Dude, a pro- that's... I mean yeah. that's that's petty. Oh, it's hundred percent. But just wait because it gets uh, better. So junior year we don't go to nationals to kind of like stick to it. So we went to Atlanta and did two super regionals that year. We did St. Louis and Atlanta. So I've marched in three NFL stadiums. Super awesome, awesome. experience. Yeah. So did it to where the Rams used to play in St. Louis, where the fa- this was before the the new the new the dome, Benz dome the Benz Dome in Atlanta. So this was the Georgia Dome, and then Indy's house they have there. And so, won all of our competitions that year. We go back to nationals senior year, and the name of our show is Face Me to really stick it to him. <laughs> like, hey, like we're back. So was he the judge? Was he a judge? No, he's there? banned from judging BOA events for uh, life. So Bands of America, he is no longer allowed to be a judge because of this, and probably won't get to do other events oh my because goodness. yeah. So 
that's Dude, that's insane. Yeah, so that's our the little pieces of our marching band story we got there. But but yeah, like you mentioned earlier, <laughs> full time job during the summer. We got eight hour practice days every Dude, day crazy. for the latter half of it. Practice every day after school, and so it's a full. So we thing. live. Um, we live off a county line, and so we drive. I say we. I drive. Yeah, past there every day, mm-hmm. dude. I'll I'll be coming home from work at six o'clock, and they're out there. Yeah, still grinding, still getting it. And then there's many many a days where I don't know. I guess it's summer or something, but they'll be out there at six a.m., seven a.m. Yeah, mean, like I've I've seen them there early. If before. their practice schedule is the same as it was when we were in high school, usually. Your mornings, you'd start either at 7 or 8 and go until the afternoon. And then your afternoon days, you start about 4 or 5 and then go into the evening. I I would, I mean, I I don't know, obviously, but. um, Actually, the afternoon days, you start at 2, I think, and then go through. But they would do, I mean, this last summer was hot. Oh, yeah. And so I think they started earlier, like 6 a.m. They probably did to accommodate for the heat. Yeah. And so usually during the summer, they do that, and then the school, your schedule changes a little bit. So So it's just all after school. So I was in band. Yeah. And I was in the I was in the case of more of a Kawita. So being from Shakota, mm-hmm. you just need everybody you can get. Yeah. And I was in seventh grade and I was in high school band. <laughs> like, that's that's awesome. how bad it was. That's awesome. I know there's some eighth graders that help out with Kawita band. Yeah. Be with pushing props or and and like the that. thing about it too was like I wasn't I wasn't gr- I mean seventh grade like I'm not great. Yeah, you're still learning your instrument. Yeah, at that and point. so I'm like tenth, twelfth chair trumpet. Yeah, and then I'm thinking like, why am I even? But they just needed as many people as they can. Yeah. And surprisingly, we were pretty good actually. Like yeah. we 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 didn't do obviously nationals and stuff, but. I remember there was a there was a competition we always went to in Glenpool. Mm-hmm. I don't know the name of it because that was a long time ago, and I quit band in ninth grade. But it was it was in Glenpool, and we always did really well at that. And then we do like some district stuff. Yeah, um, most of the schools will have their own invitationals they do yeah, throughout yeah. the season. So, so I know a little bit of what you're talking about. I yeah. don't know that grind. Um, the the only time we practiced was first hour band. Yeah. And that was it. And then, like, if you wanted to do anything extra, it would just be after school. Yeah, that's similar to what Kuwait has going on. They do first hour yeah. band. They'll do some and stuff And it's kind of surprising how, like, I mean, my understanding is Kuwait is pretty good. Yeah. And so how good these kids actually get, even mm-hmm. with just, I mean, because that's like a 50-minute class period. Yeah. Um, and obviously you can practice on your own, but together, mm-hmm. you know, it's really only about a 50-minute yeah. period. So anyway, well, that's cool. I mean, it's always insightful to know. The ins and outs of, especially the pride. I mean, that's a oh, that's yeah. a big deal in the BA area. Yeah, and they've looking at how they do some of their practices now. They've only gotten more intense in some ways, and so they do a bunch of weightlifting practices now, which we never did when I was in there. Weightlifting, so, yeah, because some of those instruments you're holding out there, like a tuba. Yeah, sousaphone, man. It's it's not easy on those shoulders. <laughs> so sousaphone. That's what the marching tuba is called. Okay, you have two different types okay. of marching See, tubas. You have your sousaphone, which is the one that wraps around you and has the big bell on okay. the top. Okay, and then you have contras, which is what DCI marches, which is what all the high school kids think they can do, but they would die if they tried. Yeah, and yeah. so it's literally like a concert tuba that you sling over one shoulder, and it's like a sho- we call it the shoulder cannon. And it points forward, and you have Whoa. to carry it. And so, so the weight around your whole body, it's on one shoulder you're carrying, and it. It looks awesome, but yeah, most no, yeah, not for the faint of heart. Not for a ninth grade little guy. No, but there's some high schools that try to do it. 
It's huh. uh, power to them, man. Yeah, power to them. Band competitions, man. Oh yeah, yeah, love it's it. a different breed. So let's 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 get a little bit more personal um, okay. into into Cody's life. Yeah, um, you go through high school, mm-hmm. um, college. You had mentioned Roger State, right? Yeah, Roger State. Go Hillcats, um, undefeated in football this season. Yeah, every, we have no football every team. season. <laughs> Been undefeated for as long as they took away the football team. Um, so growing up. Um, I'm going to take us back a little bit. Yeah. Did you ever have any type of, um, uh, obviously the feeling of being abandoned by your dad, yep. your, your bio dad? Um, is that something that um, stuck with you for a while, still sticks with you? What is that? What has that been like for you? Yeah, fear of abandonment is something I've just recently realized how much it, it's been a struggle throughout my life. Um, and the w- time that r- my eyes were really open to it and realizing, hey, this is something that I've struggled with and really had to deal with was whenever Kayla and I had just gotten married because there's that constant worry in the back of my head, I'm going to come home, she's going to be upset at me for some reason, she's going to be heading out or gone or there's going to be a note or something. And totally unrealistic fear, like, but it was just there. And it was something like we had to have conversations about and talk through and everything and then realizing in that moment, man, this is something I've dealt with for, for a while. And so just that constant worry of I'm going to do something and people are going to leave my life because of that. And just that constant, um, the fear of what, 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 what I say wrong, what I do wrong, especially being newly married. when it's just like, you should be in that honeymoon phase of like, Oh, everything's great, but right. we're in the middle of a pandemic. Life's a mess in some ways. And so yeah. it's like, man, what if I did do something one day and she's just gone. Yeah. And so, um, but and even how old were you? We, whenever my dad left, mm-hmm. I was two years old too. So, you know, it's, it's, it's really crazy to know. I mean, so I have I have two kids obviously. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows that. Nora is two and a half. Yeah. And she knows when I'm not home. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, thinking back on it, you don't remember I mean everybody, you don't remember a ton of your childhood, especially when you're two. Yeah. But but catastrophic things like that, oh, it's amazing how much that shapes your future, mm-hmm. the th- the way you think. I mean, like, even from such a young age. Yeah, because there was also, as growing up and getting older, there's always the question of, man, what did I do wrong? Yeah. what it? Why didn't he love me? Why didn't he want to stay? What? What? And it was always focused on myself. And I'm like, yeah. you're two years old. The biggest mistake you could probably make is you spill something on the carpet. So yeah. it's not like, and but it's just that unrealistic and just yeah. that, that mindset you get into and then you can't really get past. And, yeah. and so it's just, man... The constant worry of what did I do wrong? Why didn't he want me? Why didn't he love me? And then just not feeling worthy enough in some situations too because of that. Because yeah. it's like, I mean, my dad didn't even want me. So what's what's the right. purpose? Of did why your would mom anybody? ever? Did she ever try to? I mean, somewhat explain it. And hey, this is. I mean, obviously she she explains it as yeah. you get older. But did she try to kind of fill that void or that gap or like what was that like for her? So me and my mom have been super tight, super close yeah. knit, and always will be, as far as I know, and believe we will be. But just in those times, because there's even times when I was younger, I would, I f- would forget about kind of what happened, just because we had our new family and everything. But there'd just be that, and then just that reminder of seeing something or something coming up in conversation again. Um, but she didn't try to really shy away from it or hide from it in some ways. And like, here's what happened. Here's the situation. But I love you. Your dad loves you. Being me and my my adopted dad. And if he wants, if he he's not, he hasn't reached out, and if he doesn't want to be part of your life, then you don't need him. 
And so, but we, we have you and we're here for you and we're not going to leave you or anything like that too. And so, but it's still just in those things in the back of your mind as you develop and that subconscious, like, man, it's just part of how it goes. Yeah. So So talk about maybe from that point of view, the abandonment, um, just growing up with the feeling of, you know, why was it me? Yeah. Just all the questions. So let's, let's talk a little bit into your testimony. Mm -hmm. So that, I'm sure that kind of shapes a little bit of, you know, especially, you know, you have a heavenly father now who will never mm-hmm. leave you or abandon yes. you. Yeah, and that's um, actually one of my favorite names uh, or names or characteristics we have of God, that yeah. he's the father to the fatherless because seeing my life and going through a time like that and feeling like that worthlessness because of that in some ways, um, but also being an adopted son to my, my adopted father, understanding yeah. that we are now adopted in as sons and daughters of the Most High King and that we're co-heirs with Christ now yeah. is just something that, that really resonates with me, and I love that and sharing that with other people because we see so many broken homes and families in our world today. Um, just being able to share, hey, I'm a product of that in some ways, and yeah. so here's what, what God, and He's right. greater than all those things. And so um, when we moved to, so grew up in a Christian home. We didn't attend ter- church a ton. Uh, growing up, we'd go here and there, but there was just some situations where my dad was helping out with some of the finance team or something like that, and there's just some drama that happened, and then he's like, yeah, I'm kind of... What church was this? I don't... It was so early, I don't oh, okay. really remember so it wasn't a ton BA. of it. No, no. Okay. And okay. so so when we moved to BA, um, moved in next door to one of my best friends all throughout high school, middle school, and still really great friends with to this day, Tim Stout and his family, Um and he started inviting me to church. He, they were attending First Baptist Broken Arrow. Uh, this would have been sixth grade years. So they had what they called J6 or just sixth grade, was was attached with the kids' yeah. ministry. Pastor Brian was still the kids' pastor at the time. What a guy. And so started going to church with him and loved it. And so kept trying to go, would go with them on Wednesday nights and Sundays, transitioned into student ministry, loved that as well. Um, it's funny, one early memory I have of in student ministry just was they were, they were talking about the woman caught in adultery and Jesus, the, the scribes and leaders bringing her to Jesus and say, what should we do with her? And starts writing in the sand. And just being a seventh grader, and I'm like, what? Well, is there well, like, there are trees specifically for adults? <laughs> like an adult tree? Yeah. And I'm like, so was she like a kid? And I was just confused. And they never really like dove into it more. Yeah. Like, no, this is a sexual sin of this kind of yeah. nature. But I'm like, man, that that had to be a special tree yeah. that she was caught in. And then talking, talking to somebody later, like, no, it's this. I'm like, oh, okay, <laughs> that makes more sense. But that's just an early student ministry memory uh-huh. I have. But then just one Wednesday night, they were talking about having a knowledge. And I knew of God, had a knowledge of him. But to my recollection, I never had that moment where I truly placed my faith in him. And so that Wednesday night, I wanted to make sure that I knew that I knew that because we have this God that loves us, and we can have a personal relationship with Him. It's more than just a head knowledge thing, and wanting that relationship with someone who will never leave us or forsake us, and just knowing I needed that. And I'd been baptized before, but I just believe those were times where I just got in the pool and didn't really know what I was doing. But then placed my faith in, in Christ, November 11, 2009, and just that Wednesday night, just remember it vividly of talking with one of our student pastors outside the building while the invitation time was going on and just like, Hey, this is something I need. I know I need that relationship. I want to make this my life and go after it was baptized the next Wednesday night and as part of our student service. So it was just an awesome experience getting to do that. 
And so just that's the day I know that I place my faith in Christ and just to know that I have a father who loves me in heaven that will never leave me nor forsake me, that I am truly his child and can rejoice in that fact and that it's a personal relationship. It's more than just, hey, I know about this individual, but I can know him personally just as he knows me intimately as well. Were you, was it sixth, seventh, eighth grade? What, what that would have been probably about no 2009, probably seventh grade, seventh, eighth grade, probably okay. around that time frame. Okay. Who was the youth pastor at the time? We had two student pastors, Kyle Rainey and Jamie Pope. I don't know if you're mm, familiar with them. No. So they were the student pastors at the time. Okay. There so, was two of them, huh? Yeah, I think one was kind of the head student pastor, one was associate, kind of was the, oh, okay. the system of it. I, I just knew them as the student pastors. So <laughs> You had two because you were cool. Hey, that's the coolest. That yeah. yeah, that's cool, man. I, I think it's a beautiful picture when, you know, when you're talking about um, – God being the father to the fatherless. Mm-hmm. I think it's a beautiful picture that not only do you have a heavenly perspective of, of your heavenly father, um, but with your with your dad adopting you into yeah. his family, that's a beautiful picture of an earthly father mm-hmm. who um, kind of takes that ownership too. Like, you know, I love you just like my son. You, yeah. you know, it's, it's a, I guess what I'm trying to say is you have two perspectives. Mm-hmm. And not a lot of people have those two perspectives and yeah. well, I guess now today maybe they do, but you yeah, know, but or get that opportunity for an earthly perspective of, um, you know, being abandoned and then having someone coming along saying, no, you are my son. I love you just as my son. Yeah. You're welcome into our family. Um, that's a beautiful picture. Yeah. I, I really like that. I, I didn't, I guess I didn't really understand that even though I've known you for a hot yeah. minute. And that's the thing with, with students, and I know it's true for adults too, just with the broken systems we see of families in the states that are in right now, you either have students that really resonate with that idea of God being a father because they they have a great relationship with their dad and things yep. like that, but sometimes that's a, a barrier you have to work through as well because a lot of people have a negative connotation to that word father too because they're like, you right. know, my dad's in the home, but he's really absent, mm-hmm. or there may be some abuse happening there, or he left us and abandoned us. So I'm thankful that dad adopted me in, got a good example of that and get to see and better understand the the heavenly sense of god but it's just one of those battles we got to work through with people to show them hey your earthly father may have failed you but you have a heavenly father that never will because he's told you time and time again and he's shown you that his promises will be true and he's shown us his love for us in the way that he sent his son to die for us despite our sins and despite being his enemies so it's just a one of those things we we so many people can lose sight of because of that negative connotation of the experience they've been through. But it's one of the greatest truths of our God yeah. and the relationship we can have with him. Absolutely. love it. So let's talk about um, ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, doing the, the, the previous uh, episode with, with Adam, uh, he had mentioned that you told or you had informed him that y'all accepted the call to ministry together. Yeah, so uh, I, the same morning or something like that. Yeah, so my mom, she says she remembers it this way, and I'm, I'm like, okay, sure. But there was a student ministry event that had been going on D now weekend we had had, and so I started feeling the call to to ministry round time from transitioning from eighth to ninth grade year. Um, had some, a lot of questions about it. My student pastors were very good to not dismiss the questions, mm-hmm. but also to not like, oh, actively champion that. Yeah, they're like, hey, we're going to sit down with you. We're going to talk through this, and we're going to work with you Make and see sure it's legit. Yeah, yeah, which is which was a major benefit in my part because that's one of the great failures I think we have in student ministry is you see it time and time again at camp, individuals that will say, hey, I feel called to ministry. Two months later, eh, that was just a feeling I had that, yeah, that exactly. I'm sharing night, and I, I was just hyped up in it. 
But it was truly something I felt like God was calling me to do. And we had a new student pastor at that time. So Kyle had left. Jeremy Nottingham, who I know very much as a spiritual father in my life, my mentor um, throughout my my high school years. Um, He was a student pastor at the time. Jamie was still there for a little bit. Um, and then he had left, and Corey Inlow, who's another guy I look up to a lot when it comes to my calling in ministry, uh, was there after that. But Jeremy really walked with me throughout high school, and we'd have times where after school we'd meet up at McDonald's or something like that, read through a book, talk through things, um, and really establish that calling to ministry. And then it was my, my sophomore year of high school was the event. Uh, the D now had happened, went before the church after it took place because I knew, I'm like, this is what God's calling me to do. Yep. Like, Jeremy's really poured into me. It's something I've had confirmation from other individuals and just God, I keep feeling impressed this on my life. And so I just remember at other events, just that being a prayer, God, is this what you really want me to do? And always having that confirmation show up in one form or another. So I went before the church, excuse me, accepted that calling to ministry and been going after it ever since and so kept meeting with jeremy had the opportunity to preach a couple of student-led services um which we actually had an opportunity for lane fincher who's one of our students to do that yeah. so i wanted to because i know how formative that was yeah, my yeah. calling to ministry he feels like he's called to ministry we gave him an opportunity i went to him afterwards i'm like man i wish i preached as well as you did my first <laughs> time because i'm yeah. naturally a fast talker and when i get nervous i talk even faster and so i had all my notes and everything i'm like oh this should be be fine I was up there less than 10 minutes, I think. <laughs> Read through everything, but it was just minutes. like, blah, 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 blah. okay, now let's pray. It's so, but just yeah. thankfully, they're like, they didn't weren't like, hey, you're, let's figure something else out for you. They're like, hey, let's, let's work yeah. through this. And had, so each summer throughout high school had an opportunity to preach. And so it was just a really cool experience. Um, brought, was brought on in as an intern back when I graduated high school in 2015. The student ministry staff was kind of changing throughout that summer. Jeremy was heading off to another church. Corey, we stuck around for a little bit longer. Laura, our girls' associate, was going off to a different location. Ethan, our Kuita student pastor, was going somewhere else. And so myself and another intern started interning out here in Kuita that summer. And then whenever other people started leaving in the BA side of things, the other intern went back. I stuck out here for a little bit. Uh, pastor Mick, those of you guys who remember Mick Schatz, who was our worship pastor and student pastor, stayed out here working under him for a little bit. And then whenever he transitioned out, stayed out here. And that, around that time, Tyler Price was our student pastor, and I was brought on full-time to to be our student associate out here back in 2018, 2019. Yeah. So. Man, that's cool. So you've been – I mean, you've been at CBC for a minute. 20 2015, so five 15. years. Most of that was through an intern, but now I'm almost five years now as, as a staff member. So. Well, yeah, it's yeah, true. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Tr- transitioning over to full-time staff. So, But you've been here for at least seven. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't realize that. Yeah. Wow. So, um, felt the call to ministry, mm-hmm. um, went through, associate, I guess, uh, try to give, um, I don't know if people would be interested in this, but but we're going to ask it anyway. Mm-hmm. Give, give us a perspective on being a, an associate, because I think, um, you know, the people here um, didn't really see you necessarily as an associate because at the time especially when Tyler was here you were the only representation yeah that 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 CBC had um was that difficult for you were there struggles um was there um you know was there not struggles what was that like being an associate because I think you have you know ideas and, and hopes and dreams and aspirations but 
at the same time, you don't really get to make those calls, right? So yeah, what's that like? It, and so a lot of people could see there being some tension between different leadership styles and things like that. But Tyler and I, we got along super well. I uh, still considered him a great friend. He was an awesome mentor during that time and gave me room to, to grow, but also shepherding throughout that calling. Hey, yeah. here's some things to work on. Hey, I noticed you're really good at this. Let's sharpen this some. Here's an area you're a little dull in. Let's try to help you out getting that a little bit sharper as well. And so did a great job. Same thing for Adam working out here. Love, love Adam and just the opportunity to get to work with Pastor Adam. And just the only hard thing was it felt like from the, the uh, way above that. So I never had, re- there was some, some t- conflict sometimes because student ministry, hey, we want to go this direction. Well, Kawita's trying to go this direction. So I felt like sometimes I was the man in the middle getting pulled both directions right. sometimes. Yeah. But I felt like that was worse the higher up you went on the ladder on the BA side of things. So like, hey, the entirety of the BA church, we're going this direction. And Kawita, you need to come along with us in that side of things. Well, Kawita's very different from Broken Arrow, like demographically, what, the size of our church and everything like that. And if you don't really have boots on the ground here, you don't really know that. Like, so when we were in yeah. that caught up in that system of trying to be a campus of first BA and just some of the strife there and some of the tension, there's a lot of times being literally the guy in between, like, hey, I'm under Tyler, who's for Broken Arrow, but also under Adam, who's for Kawita, feeling kind of caught in the middle on some things. And so they're just getting pulled and stretched in that. Um, yeah, how do you how but, do you honor what Tyler yeah, wants it's like, and then what it's Adam like who wants. who's my direct supervisor yeah, I right. go to in this situation, and so that was just the hardest part there is like because I want to respect both of them, I love Adam, love Tyler, yeah. love the direction of both things. What do you but, do? But what do I do? <laughs> and so there was a lot of t- head scratching moments like I, I don't know. And so, but that's what what I've really loved about us being our own autonomous church now and everything that. We get to set the course and the direction yeah. and things like that. Totally. And we can all be on the same page there. Yeah. And I just feel like we've all gotten closer in this time too, which has oh, been awesome. Yeah. Like not to say that we weren't close or anything beforehand, but the relationships have just gotten deeper and it's been awesome getting to work alongside you guys. So yeah. that just was the major difficulty there. Like, there wasn't ever really strife between any of us, I don't think. But it was just at the situation like, hey, right. which which side do I kind of go on? Yeah. So Yeah, I mean obviously we all kind of felt that in the in the regard of man, we don't really think you guys know what you're talking about because yeah. we're on the ground in Kawita and we have an idea but you know we were yeah. always trumped so yeah because you being under Kevin and back when we had Dakota being under Clint right. there's just kind of a lot of like yeah. what do we yeah. what do we kind of do here so tell us about Cody T the love expert the love expert you know what I'm saying hey man every, you're you're a good looking guy that is not true I think I appreciate so it. I've been told many a time I have a face for radio <laughs> Oh, if you get that, it'll hit you later if you don't yeah. get it right now. If you need to um, explain it, call me up. I'll let you know. Yeah. Um, so tell us about how you and Caleb met. Yeah. Um, I know this is um, probably something people know, maybe. Maybe. Um, especially working in youth ministry. This is a funny uh, story for me. But, so. yes, it is a funny story. I think I remember it. But go ahead and tell us how you and Caleb met. So apparently I had forgotten how we met, and I had blended two parts of a story together into one that I thought was the origin to this, but she quickly corrected me and she'll never leave it, live it down because <laughs> of it. Cause I thought we met around sometime in our senior year, which was correct, but I just had the time wrong and what had transpired in all of that. And so I thought we started talking, started dating just after senior year and all that. But I forgot there was a time before senior year. Mm. And so when we really met, so we graduated from broken arrow together, same year, Everything like that. But so is our final junior band concert. And so it would have been heading into senior year last that last summer and everything like that. 
And so met her, really started talking to her there, reached out. I still have the direct message on Instagram. You I DM'd pull her. Up. Hey, look at we, Cody. We were talking to someone at the band concert, and I didn't have her number, so I reached out. I was like, hey, we should hang out sometime. Here's my number. Let me know. And she's like, oh, yeah, that sounds awesome. So she was in band? She was. She played clarinet. Okay. So so y'all were in the yeah. pride together. She, because I was going to say, it's probably hard to actually meet a ton of people at BA with thousands of kids. Yeah, well, she actually didn't march until our senior year, and so she oh, was okay. just doing con- We met through concert band. Gotcha. Um, okay. And so she played clarinet. I played brass, and so obviously playing the superior instrument there. Obviously. Um, she'll, she'll never live that down, but I forgive her for it. <laughs> And so reached out to her and said, hey, like, we should hang out sometime. Here's my number. Let me know. And she's like, yeah, that sounds great. Awesome. Radio silence. Nothing. Which is why I probably forgot about it because she ghosted me, like, Mm. straight up. Never heard anything. No text. No Mm. messages after that. And I'm like, okay. And then go throughout senior year. Ended up dating another individual for a couple months. And apparently, (laughs) Kayla tells it from her side that she realized she'd like oh man maybe he is a nice he's a really nice guy maybe i should have gone for this so she's extremely angry at the girl i'm dating cause she's like i want to date him now <laughs> and so it's like you had your chance that's right but then me and that individual broke up kayla and i reconnected towards the end of senior year started dating right before right around the time it would have been september 2nd so right after we had started at tcc together and so we okay. di- we went on dates throughout the summer, but pretty much had a relationship, but solidified it heading into heading into freshman year of college. Dated all throughout college and got married in twenty twenty. So and yeah. so you were almost the guy like being fought between two girls almost. Well, I I had no idea it was even happening. So oh, okay, <laughs> like so we didn't know. Well, I didn't know. She told me I that that's you. what happened, and I was like, well, apparently you kept it pretty internal because I never saw anything. <laughs> but I was pretty oblivious to things yeah. like that. I was always the guy that felt like I was in the friend zone with most yeah. girls and things, and always like, oh, you're such a great best friend. I wish there was a guy out there like you. I'm like, I'm right here. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but Wait a second. It's like, man, if any other guy was like you, I'm like, well, that's a nice way of saying, yeah, yeah but whatever. It's just it's that so, radio face. Oh, it is, man. It is. So <laughs> not only am I the guy that escaped friend zone or a friend zone in a sense, but yeah. the ghost zone. So I'm like Danny Phantom over here. Dude. If you understand the Nickelodeon so reference. I, I, so I kind of feel for you because I feel like a lot of, a lot of women, I guess, correct me if I'm wrong, ladies, but. They tend to ghost you at first. They tend to really not even want to be somewhat interested at first. They just want to know if you're interested. Yeah. <laughs> like, seriously, like, it's like you have to make the, I don't know, the first initiation towards them. Hey, let's hang out or hey, whatever. Yeah. And then they'll say no, but they want to know you're. You, you they want to see if you're going to. Yeah. And it's going. like, what the heck? Like, yeah, Well, that wasn't even our situation. I was like, hey, let's hang out. She's like, yeah, sure. <laughs> nothing from that point forward it's so and she dated some other people throughout the senior year and yeah. so but then reconnected after and so that's cool so you and kayla have been married we're going on, two and a three, half, years going on three years next april so okay about two and a half years oh that's yeah. right 2020 what am i thinking yeah covid covid marriage dude 2020 was a year, let me tell you. Graduated college, got married, and then launching out as our own church. So, yeah, dude, that is a lot. Yeah, that is a lot. Yeah, that's so cool, though. I mean, and a worldwide pandemic, pandemic thrown well, in. Well, that's too, on the so. back burner. Yeah, like we, we don't even. That re- goes without mentioning. Like you say, 2020, and everyone's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah toilet yeah. paper shortage. <laughs> that's the first thing people think of. Yeah. Oh yeah, which yeah. Was, that was insane. Like of all the things to go, toilet paper, dude. Yeah, like. <laughs> 
Hey, like, Adam and anything. Adam and Grace probably took it all. Yeah, with all the tornadoes, tornado, tornado in. warnings coming through. They gotta Gosh. get those those pampers in the in the clothes <laughs> ready to go. Fill your clothes with. It. <laughs> it's gonna be currency one day, man. Oh my goodness, oh, that was funny. Uh, I'm not gonna actually tell you if that's true or not. That's for you to find out. But just ask Adam. <laughs> just ask Adam. Um, yeah, man. So. You and Kayla dated through a little bit through high school, obviously senior year. Oh, well, uh, we we had graduated. After or you the time. had well, you had met. Yeah, graduated. So basically, almost high school sweethearts. I'd, I'd say so. You'd it was, say so. It was summer after senior year. So I mean, so who said I love you first? She did actually. Really? Yes. So so she ghosts you, then she loves you. Yeah, and she also went for the first kiss first. Wow. Yeah. You just have that effect. She on says so. Her maiden name's Farrell, and she's like, "Hey, we Farrell women. We we know what we want." <laughs> <laughs> when we know what we want, we, we go for it. We go for because it. I guess her mom is her. I love and I love Pat, my my mother in law, and she's pretty much a can do attitude. Like, yeah. hey, if I'm I'm going for something, I'm going to do it. And so I guess it was similar situations with her and my father in law. That's probably so. why she did get angry at the other girl. Yeah, she's like, what is happening here? Wait a second, I want him. Yeah, and then it got to the point where whenever we were talking about engagement and things like that, she's like, if you don't engage, like, it proposed to me, I'm going to propose to you <laughs> at some point. <laughs> It's so. Uh, it, oh, and then there's a funny story with that. Uh, like she was playing that guessing game because she knew it was coming up soon, trying to figure it out because we'd been talking about it and everything. And I'm, she's like, "If I guess it right, you have to let me know." And I'm like, "We'll see what happens." And then she was talking through, and she's like, "It's gonna happen this day, isn't it?" Guessed it right, oh, and no. I straight up looked her in the eyes and said, "That's not. That's not the day." I'm sorry. <laughs> What and do you do she that started like that was not a, a good night. So she, how did you she, propose? So well, let me finish this. Okay, door. okay, okay. And so, so she was all excited. She's like, "I got to figure it out. This is what's gonna happen." So she hyped herself up, and she's like, "This is when it's happening, right?" And I'm like, "No, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's not like, but just know it's happening soon." She cries. <laughs> she cries because she had hyped herself up so much so, for it. And then the immediate crash and burn oh from that goodness. moment. But she was right. But and it was so, totally that day. Yeah. And so it was the, the next week after that, uh, I was meeting up with her at her parents' house to pick her up. And we were going to go grab dinner, air quotes, with my parents. Mm-hmm. And so her parents were out having dinner, something like that was the cover story. So it was just her and her sister there. And she told me she didn't want any big elaborate thing for the proposal, but she wouldn't want to celebrate with family because she, her, her family is very close-knit, just like my family is. And so they're big parts of each other's lives. And she just loves being around family. It's a big thing for us. And so she's like, I want the proposal to be private. But then later, another time or another day, we can celebrate with everybody and have a good time. And so I found this website where you can make custom viewfinders, which are like those toys from the early 2000s and 90s where it's a little thing. It looks like basically a weird-looking goggle thing that you look into, and it's got the little lever that you click, and it goes through the reel of different pictures and things like that. And you can make custom ones of those. And she's really sentimental, loves having things to attach to memories that she can hold on to. So I knew that was something we needed to have. So she could look back to that day, have something f- tangible yeah. to be like, and show people like, hey, this is what happened. And, our, yeah. and to tell our kids in the future, hey, this is how dad proposed to me. She's like, she loves things like that. And so I went through and I made a custom reel for us. And it had all these pictures of us. And she's looking through it, taking her time. And the last one was just a slide that says, will you marry me? And so over at her house and her sister was fake doing stuff or whatever and was there to help film it so yeah. we have pictures and things like that. So it's just y'all so, three there. Yeah, it's just us okay. three. And so um she gets to the by the time she's looking through it, I get down on one knee, she gets to the last one, takes the viewfinder off, sees me there with the ring, 
and just dude, she's so excited so dude, happy. that's smooth bro and so that it that it was, was good i loved it and she loved it and she was super excited and still we still have the viewfinder of course and she of loves course. it and we'll look through it every now and then together and the cool thing is like you can or go to the same website and order new ones so like whenever we start having kids and go through that process yeah you can make new ones and things like that and so that it just cool. be be a cool experience to to keep using that as a gift and then we loaded up and she didn't know this, but I had a surprise party planned for us at my parents' house. So her family was all over there. My uh, family was. And so we got to hang so out. So you did both. Celebrate. You had yeah. a small, intimate And we got to um, engagement celebrate with family. Yeah. And so it was exactly what she wanted it to be. And so. You're the man. Hey, I aim to please. That, that is really, that is cool. I, I feel like I, I lack in, I hope Alex has turned this off by now when <laughs> she listens to it, but I feel like I lack in like sentimental, you know, I just. I'm not great at that. Um, maybe maybe she thinks I am, which would be hysterical. Yeah. But I don't know. So props to you, man. Hey, for most of the time I feel like I'm terrible at it too. <laughs> but she's normally like, oh, you're I so feel like great you always have to go above and beyond for the engagement, the proposal, yeah. obviously. Um, but then you you get married and you're like, just kind of gets away from it. It's like, it. what do I do? Well, yeah. that's her thing. Every year for Valentine's Day, she's like, I just want you to make me something. And so it's like, Okay, well that's easy. Now you but set the bar too high. With yeah, you find her. Yeah, but no, I can literally this last year. I just painted a couple things and <laughs> got her a card and some. She loves Kit Kats, and so if anyone wants go. to get her, get her a gift, get her some Kit Kats. She'll she'll always be happy. Shout about out that. Kayla. Does she yep. listen to the podcast? I think she does every now and then. Okay, but maybe she'll listen. Uh, maybe probably not. We'll see what happens. She's <laughs> like, oh, Cody's in it. Yeah, I'm not. I I hear enough <laughs> yeah, of him. Yeah, yeah, enough right, of him at right. home. I'm done I'm with this. And so, just painted her some things, and she hung them up instantly. <laughs> she just loves it. And so, yeah. yeah, that's cool, man. You know what your wife likes. Oh yeah, that's a good thing. Well, Cody, man, thank you for joining us today. Hey, thanks for having um, me. You know, it's fun to talk about engagements and stuff, but but seriously, like the the um, your story, I'm sure a lot of people can relate to. Um, unfortunately, yeah, it's, it's a thing nowadays where. Um, fathers leave the home and they do abandon and um, but the beautiful reminder of our heavenly father who never leave us or forsake us or abandon us um, is a beautiful thing and so thank you for sharing your story thank you for taking the the time yeah to to come on the podcast and obviously we'll we'll have you on these more and more um, as we continue to do this, but I yeah. uh, appreciate your time today. Hey, happy to be here. Yeah, man. Well, anything I've been asking everybody, is there anything you'd like to tell the listeners as we wrap up anything at all? It could be spiritual. It could be life advice, whatever you want. Is there anything you could tell the listeners right now? If there is, what would it be? I got two things. Okay. First and foremost, just on the spiritual side of things, I know a lot of people when they look at student pastors and student ministry, and they're always curious, man, how long is he going to be here? Because a lot of people see it as a stepping stone position. Sure. Um, I just want to reiterate, I know I've told parents this and students this, but just so you as the listeners know, that's not how I view student ministry at all. I love our students. I love this opportunity I have. feel totally called to student ministry, and people ask, hey, what's the future like? I'm like, student ministry until God calls me to something else. And so um, actually at the marriage retreat we had this past year, uh, talking to Byron, who was the guy leading it. He was in student ministry for a number of years. He has a friend who was in ministry for 30-plus years, and all of that was student ministry, and wrote a book about it, and he encouraged me to, to check it out, which I still need to. But just know, like, I don't have any plans on just stepping out of student ministry for yeah, something else. This good. is what I feel like God's got me in doing for a time being. So any of our students listening, 
you guys know I love you guys. I'm here for you. Yeah. Parents and student ministry families, thank you guys for all your constant support. And just know I'm here in this this fight with you guys and this battle alongside trying to show our kids the, the truth of, of the Lord and the, yeah. the lies of the enemy and showing them how they can shape their culture. And that's what I'm here for. Uh, second thing, a ton of you guys bring Adam chocolate or yellow cake with chocolate oh, icing. Here we go. If you ever want to bring me a cake, strawberry cake with strawberry icing. I'm a pretty oh. simple guy, so so if you strawberry on strawberry, strawberry on strawberry, man. So I see it. Okay. We don't see as much yellow cake and chocolate icing anymore. I think don't. I think he's got a little a little sick of it. He but th- well, hey, if you he probably just hasn't mentioned it in a while. Probably. probably. <laughs> so if you want to make somebody else a cake, strawberry there cake, strawberry icing That's for good. for your local student pastor here. I love it. And That's so. good. Well, thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Community Recap. Uh, as always, this is such a pleasure for us to sit down and, and, and uh, have this interaction with you all. Um, thank you for listening. God bless you guys. We'll catch you next time. See you later. Bye.